Welcome to the Corporate Detox Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda McCorder. I'm a corporate dropout, recovering people pleaser, and perfectionist turned burnout recovery coach. If you are sick of the corporate roller coaster ride and ready to step into a life you love, this is the podcast for you. Okay, Tyler, I am so excited to have you. <laughs> this will be the first published podcast um, with a guy sharing his corporate detox story. And um, I, we just talked about another um, Chris Thomas. We just recorded an episode um, a couple hours ago that will actually be published next week. And um, by the time this one goes out, and this is officially dude day on the corporate detox podcast. Chris made sure to say that you guys are breaking the barriers. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> okay, so why don't you get started? Um, and sh- I want you to share your corporate detox story um, and really talk about your journey to entrepreneurship. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, of course, in college life, I studied business. Um Doing part-time work, I worked at Cabela's Bass Pro Shops. Um, ended up being there uh, my first year, and then liking it. Moving forward, um, traveled around uh, over the twelve years I was there, opening thirteen locations, uh, multiple. You know, this store's doing a little piece of opportunity, so we're going to send you there. Um, I did that for about three years as well. So got to grow. I was also full. Oh, I started there when I was 18, so did a lot of growing up there from till my management career started um, about seven years ago. So um, grew as a person, grew as a business person that way, um, obviously using my business degree um, for West Liberty and taking that to, you know, big box uh, experience that not a lot of people had for my age. So that was great. Um, but then it kind of got into why everyone dislikes big box because it's big box. So, um, but my entrepreneurship journey really started um, about four years ago. Um, I worked with Greg Fenario of the Rough Riders and worked with him in the arena football team in Wheeling. And then when COVID hit and we couldn't play football, uh, that's when Cigar Life was formed. So, um, which was you know, one of the greatest days of our lives, but one of the saddest days as well, because we, you know, the football team uh, is still on the back burner, but it's not um, on the forefront of our minds right now. So that's where Cigar Life is right now. So Cigar Life um, is opened. It's uh, it's going to be its fourth year, fourth year in the Philadelphia areas. Um, we're about to come up on a one year um, anniversary here in Moundsville, West Virginia. So yeah, that's where my life has taken me um, from big box to little box. And just because, uh, one, I'm going to use, I get to talk to people I want to every single day. I kind of create my own path, do what I want to do, uh, do projects I want to do, even though it may not work out, but I at least got to try it. Um, there's a lot more, there's no boundaries for me at all, where when I was in big box, I had a budget, I had certain things I had to do and certain numbers I had to hit, or you're just going to go out and be the boss and make sure you hit the numbers. So People could say that's not the case, but that's the case 
anywhere you go in big box retail, it doesn't matter. Kroger's, it doesn't matter if it's Bass Pro Shops, it doesn't matter if it's Lowe's, Home Depot, it's it's everywhere. You hit the numbers or the next guy will hit the numbers. So, or woman or lady, whatever you want to say. Hey, but, thanks for including uh, that. <laughs> that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, other since then, so my I've been out of Bass Pro Shops to Bellows for almost two months now. And I've uh, got to focus fully on my business and we're actually launching our own cigars by hopefully, you know, state paperwork, a couple other things, um, hopefully by the end of the year and uh, which I've formed with three of my brothers. So not only I say, uh, like I tell Rick Healy and Moundsville, LLCs are like tattoos. You just can't have one of them. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's another venture that I've just started down and making and blending our own cigars and hopefully in the next month we can um go to texas and learn the pro that's where our manufacturer is learn the process and bring some of that manufacturing back to wheeling is our long-term goals but that's it for right now i mean nothing crazy i just got all the time in the world just sitting around nothing big you know no big deal <laughs> that's awesome so tyler and i first met um in a program called co-starters and he was in a different cohort than i was but i was sitting in on a couple of their sessions um just in case they needed someone to fill in at any point and um tyler and i connected because um of a mutual friend of mine that i used to work with and we started just talking back and forth about her journey to hopefully entrepreneurship one of these days as well um but i've yeah, right. I, I really enjoyed watching your story, especially coming from retail, because obviously that's the life that I lived for 18 years. And I was just talking to someone else yesterday who currently works in retail. And her and I were saying, like, it's it's just it's hard. Like you are the jack of all trades in retail. You learn so much. And it's just it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of hours a lot of traveling in your case. Um, yeah. I think the hardest thing yeah. about the retail life was that you're always relying on your strong people because yeah. you can't, you don't have time to develop the weak ones because you're just like, they're going to, I'm going to absentee them out or they're going to take care of themselves. So you just rely on all the strong people all day long. And it's just the burnout, especially since COVID, the burnout is crazy. I mean, yeah. So that was one thing is just I'm relying on my good people because I needed to get it done. And then I'm there doing the stuff I need to do to do the day to day. But then there's the department needs and then there's the person's needs and then there's the full timers needs. And there's times that by 65 to maybe 100 during peak season. And you're just like, yeah, not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot. Um, and I can relate to what you're saying with relying on the good people. I remember when I first started in management, um, a mentor of mine was like, you have to have go-to people. Every store that you're at, you will find your go-to people. And at some point we put so much on those go-to people, like you said, that they, like we then are causing a lot of their burnout <laughs> because we rely so yep. heavily on those top performers. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And then at the end of it, they hate you for it, but because there's no path to success as in like the next step for them. And like where I was, most uh, most managers have been there for 10 plus years. Like no one's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, 
you know, we had our first actual change in leadership uh, about seven years in. I had the same store manager for seven years. And then, you know, so, uh, yeah, and then that whole thing changed. And then it still was the same management team. We just brought one more person that was our go-to person to a manager. And we lost the, because we had no one in the bench. There's no bench strength anymore. So, yeah. you know, it was, uh, it's, it's a fickle, fickle thing sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like when you work in retail, you know that you have the skills that you can go work retail anywhere else and succeed, right? Especially if you are someone that just like eats, sleeps and breathes it all the time. Absolutely. You can go down the street and work at the next retailer. It might be a total different like thing that they're selling, but the skills are all the same. Um, how much of, I'm interested to see, like how much of like, we do so much in retail, especially in retail management, that when you stepped into cigar life full time, how much of that were like, you were like, that's a piece of cake because I did this all the time. Yeah. So um, I've always been like a notebook kind of person where I prioritize things top to bottom. Um, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh, I got all this stuff to do in Cigar Life World. I, You know, we're just going to next thing you know, it's two hours later. And you're like, man, I really did bust my ass in retail. Like, you know what I mean? Like when I was a manager, I really did way more than what I ever thought I could do. Um, just cause in cigar life, you know, we're, we don't until noon. So I get there two hours early. I can do a lot of stuff, but then I also help Edie on her side of the business when she needs to do deliveries and things like that. She's like, he managed both of these. I'm like, Edie, I used to run 150 people. Yeah. I can manage two yeah. things. Yeah. It'll be fine. So, um, but then that time gave me so much more that I'm like, what else can we do with this? Can we do something else? So then it just help me grow my business even more because as my friends say well Tyler you got all the time in the world now so let's just what else are you gonna do you have all this time so yeah that's awesome so let's talk yeah. a little bit about <laughs> how it felt for you to really just bet on yourself and the whole process um because honestly it's something that people a lot of people don't do it, they're so fearful of it that um, it just takes a different breed and a different mindset, right? To like set out to do that. So let, I want to start with why Tyler did both for so long. So Tyler was greedy is what <laughs> I tell people. I was greedy. So our store was so well. We had so many great people. Our bonus structure was really in our favor. So I was taking that capital and just investing, infusing cigar life with, because I knew one day it's going to be my thing. I'm going to do this all by myself. So I got greedy because I basically I'm getting influxes of cash for my cigar shop that I was like, I'm, it's a bonus. I, I don't live on this money. I'm just going to feed cigar life and keep feeding cigar life. So I was trying to run it as long as I can. Um, so that was one thing that I was like, Sometimes it was a good thing for me to to stay there and grin and bear it because honestly, it was giving me this influx of cash that I needed to open the storefront or do inventory, things like that. So that was like the hardest thing of stepping away was like, man, here's here stops coming this influx of cash all the time from from the higher ups, you know what I mean? But but why I walked away? So the question why I walk away and do how am I doing it full time? Okay, so 
um, the biggest thing was aligning my priorities with what I want to do for the future. So um, I want to create a stable, stable environment for at least two to three people to come to work, knowing that, hey, they're going to get 15 to 20 hours a week. And just because we didn't make sales doesn't mean you don't get your hours. Um, I want to create. So that was one big thing that in my life, past life, it was one week you're going to work 32 hours. The next week you're going to work zero or, hey, you're going to work 28. The next week you're going to work zero or, hey, you're full time, but you might work 32. I mean, just that influx that I just didn't support that. I mean, I was, that was what I was told to do. That's what my paycheck, you know, was based on. So I had to do it. I didn't I didn't really like it, but. Yeah kind of what forced me out at the end was like, I don't have to do this anymore. I can go do what I want to do and not feel like I'm just burdening other people's lives because um, we didn't make, you know, uh, obviously substantial amount of money one day last week. You know what I mean? We did great six days out of the week, but that seventh day was just terrible. You know what I mean? I just aligning myself with that was just, that was one of the reasons to get pushed out. Um, And then I had a bunch of personal stuff going on. Obviously i I'm a caregiver to my 86 year old grandmother. Um, I take her, you know, we take her to doctors, do her banking, do her groceries, all that stuff. Um, so I have a bunch of personal stuff going on. Of course, my my second brother uh, had some housing issues with a house fire and things like that. So I had a bunch of family stuff that also pushed me away from the retail life and knowing that this is going to be more substantial in the long run. So um, near the end, I was like, I I knew it was my time to to bow out gracefully and take the jump. And uh, like you said earlier. I said, I'll give it six months. And if not, I can walk into Walmart tomorrow and be a manager. I've yep. got 12 years of experience. I'm 30 years old. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. And let's do it. So, yeah. And here we are. <laughs> I love that. I tell people that all the time. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Because this is, this is what some people, they have to still tell me to this day. What's the worst that's going to happen? You have to go back and work for someone else for yeah. a while? Like, okay. It's not the end of the world. Um, and I still know a lot of entrepreneurs, they work eight to five and then they go work a little side job to get benefits. Like, I mean, I, I that's yeah. no shame. That's, and they're comfortable with that. They're like, hey, I'll work four hours, two days a week so I can get my benefits. So yeah. it's not an uncommon thing in entrepreneurial life, unfortunately, you know, which yeah. it is what it is. So Yeah. Yeah. Like people just make it happen, you know, no matter what. Um, I love what you shared about, you know, the reason that you stayed in that corporate environment while building your own business was to be able to have that cash flow to build the business. And it wasn't taking away from your lifestyle, but it was also something that, um, you know, not a lot of people put thought into. So like for me, for example, I just got mad and left, <laughs> you know, I was miserable <laughs> and left. I didn't have a plan. I didn't know I was going to start my own business. And I was lucky that, you know, unfortunate that I had planned as far as like having a savings. Um, but I always think back to how could things been a, be a little bit different in my business today had I had stayed a little bit longer with that vision. And I was working so much that there was no vision outside of that. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know that I ever would have gotten out of it. So I truly... Um, I love that perspective and and how that you you've been able to invest in the business without it, you know, being a ton of loans and things like that that you yeah. feel burden under. Yep. And uh, I think the the real thing is going to hit me this winter when I just put a close sign up and enjoy Thanksgiving and I enjoy mm -hmm. 
Christmas Eve and Black Friday and you know what I mean like nothing that you know it's it's our decision if we're gonna open or close it's not like hey you got to get up at 4 30 in the morning you got to go up there you got to make coffee for a bunch of people that don't really give a shit about the coffee and you gotta you know what I mean like yeah. there's no there's all this family time that I, I get back like so far in the two months I've been gone I've been canning tomatoes with my grandmother we've been making homemade jelly like we've been doing all this family stuff that i'm like wow we, why haven't we done this and everyone's like because you work all the time and I'm like, <laughs> yeah you're right you don't realize how much you worked until you step into entrepreneurial life and you're like what was i doing i was doing all this work for someone else that honestly it's like i could have invested like i said if i did this three years ago cigar life might be on it might be in six towns now. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just the way it's been going for two months. It's like, man, my, why did I limit myself? But then it's like, you got to be humble about it and be like, well, Tyler, if you got to think about it, like Johnny Morris actually built my cigar shop because I used all the cash that for my hard work, but wasn't my money. I used yeah. to, I used to, you know, my, my assets to grow another business. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a double-edged sword, but I'm still just, I'm humbled with what I have especially in Moundsville, West Virginia, because I've told so many people, oh, it'll never work. It'll never work. No. You know, Moundsville's this hot dog and hamburger town. They will never eat steak. This all these all these weird slogans and everything. And I've been there for a year and sold some pretty nice quality cigars. And yeah, it's working. It just it is That's what great. it is. <laughs> That's great. I, I love to hear that because I remember when um I think it's when you couldn't find a storefront just because of some of the um, red tape, we'll call it here in the wheeling yeah, area okay. that, um, when I found out you were going to Moundsville, I was like, oh man, I really hope that this, you know, that this does work for you, but, yeah. um, oh, you're so right when it comes to what we've missed. And I cannot wait to hear how your holidays go that was yeah. oh it was so it's so great at the holidays sometimes it's a holiday and I don't even realize it's a holiday right because it's not a big holiday but it's yeah. still something I would have been working in the retail yeah. world um but you do you gain this whole different um appreciation for life and life experiences that you didn't have because you were inside Literally. working the sales floor <laughs> yeah and then it, you know how it is in retail life it's like well, you're the youngest, you can do it. And it's like, no, that no, no. Ta everyone takes a turn. Well, it's Thanksgiving. You you can do it, right? Done it for fucking 10 years. No, I've done it for 10 years. I really yep. don't want to do it. Bro. Whatever, you know what I mean? And that deals were made where it's like, you work this and you can have the day after off or whatever, you know? But like, no more deal making, it's over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember sitting in uh, union negotiations um, and of course, you know, I'm on the company side of the table for that whole process. And I remember the first time, you know, the, there was proposals about closing the store on, you know, certain holidays. And I thought to myself, like, what are they smoking? Like, we can't yeah. do that. Right. But that's how, that's just how I was brought up. Like you didn't, yeah. you, you were open every day except for Christmas day. Yep. And yep. I was just used to it, right? There was no, but now I'm like, man, I feel bad for people that are, you know, working on the holiday. I, I tell me and my, ever since we switched to, you know, entrepreneurial life, me and my girlfriend, 
we've shopped small every day. We, you know, besides going to Walmart, like everyone else, but like we need vegetables, we go to Jebbia's. We need meat, we go to Meglis's. I mean, we get, we shop, we go to Carlito's, we go to Cheese Melt, we go to Later. Like we go to everything small as possible. And I'm like, look at her. I was like, I will never step foot in one of these places. You know what I mean? On a holiday, I'll never go to any, I'll be like, close it down. You know what I mean? I'll never go to Walmart. I'll never go to Respect. I'm like, shut it down. Yeah. No. So. Yeah. Because I always like people, it's like, Oh, it sucks. You got to work on a holiday. And I'm like, cause you're here, jackass. That's why I'm working on a holiday. <laughs> like you're here. Quit telling me, Oh, it sucks. You got to work on a holiday. Well, you're here. That's why we're working on a holiday. It's uh, so true. It's so true. Yeah. Um, you know, I think like for me, I wasn't in this, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends that were entrepreneurs. Like all of my friends were working retail because that's that's where I met a lot of my friends. You're there forever, right? Like you develop these things. So like my crowd wasn't um, people that are out there with their own businesses and um, taking chances, right? And I just, it's been really nice. And co-starters really help with that to to meet that crowd of folks, um, especially because it's hard when you leave another business, right? Another job, another career. And you decide to start your own, not knowing many people that do that. Yeah. And I think um, it's a double-edged sword too, right? Because um, once you get in the fold and you actually start participating, they're like, oh, especially Scott, like at the chamber. Oh, some of them wants, wants to participate. Oh, okay. And the next thing you know, you're like, you're going to this dinner, you got this, you got this, you got this. And you're like, who's running the business? Like, it could be overwhelming at the same time. Because yeah. you're like, great, there's so many people that, one, I want to talk to, or I want to meet up with. Like, I went to several breakfasts and I met with people that make commercials. I met with people that make, you know, merch. I've met, so like that stuff. Okay, I'll support you because you're going to support me. That's how this works. Cool. And then there's other stuff that's like, what's beneficial to you for your business? Yeah. And what's actually just like, I'm going to take the right off or the donation and just get my name out there. Cause you know, if I get 10%, Hey, that's fine. But you really don't know, right? Some of it's a gamble. You don't know if the billboard's going to work. You don't know if the commercial's going to work, but you're like, I got to try something. Exactly. So the, uh, the chamber life has been great for me and Scott at, in Moundsville. Of course I work great with Valerie with red. That's why cigar life is where it is is because she found the location for us and because i called her like panicking like it's over the dream's over i don't know <laughs> what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take a couple i said a couple months and figure it out and she's like no get, calm down we're gonna this week i want you to do all the research on the laws and everything and then tell me where at and then we'll get from there and i called her like two days later i was like the county seems like it's gonna work i've called a bunch of people and they don't see what the problem is and she's like, I got three places. You ready to work? You know, you, can you come tomorrow? Sure. You know, so then, you know, meeting Valerie and meeting a couple of these, you know, Wheeling Heritage, if you're going to be in Wheeling, things like that. Once you get into those little groups and it's not, I'm not saying it's clicky or anything like that. I'm just saying it takes you, it takes an effort to go there and say, Hey, I need help. Cause no one wants yeah. to say I need help. Yeah. Um, once you get into that and then you can, next thing you know, it's like, especially in the cigar world. It's like once you meet with one broker, they're like, oh, do you know this guy? And you're like, no. So that's happened the other day. A guy named Anthony works for um, used to work at the steakhouse in Weirton that sells cigars as well with their uh, with the restaurant. 
he hits me with this guy from Agonos Cigars, and he hits me with a guy from Leaf Tobacco or Leaf by Oscar. Next thing you know, I have six guys that I didn't have in my Rolodex five, 10 minutes ago yeah. just because he decided to come to the shop and see what it's about. You know what I mean? So all this, it just happens. So once you find a lot of people are like, oh, they sell cigars. Why, why would you support them? I'm like, because competition breeds business. That's my motto forever. So I, I go in there and I buy cigars. They're like, I can't believe you buy cigars from someone else and in a cigar shop. I'm like, that's how it works. Yeah. Because before, if I want to buy a box of cigars, I, I tell people I don't, it doesn't go in there unless I smoke it. So then I go somewhere and smoke, buy it from someone and that's how it works. So I don't know. Everyone's, I think everyone's a little scary of competition, but just come to Moundsville and I'll show you where there's 12 vape shops and they all succeed. So it is what it is. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so there's another one opening on the corner on collaboration, route. Two, so. Collaboration yep. over competition is definitely like, it's been on the top of my mind for a long time, but even more recently, because, you know, I kind of found myself um, almost in the same situation where you start getting into, you know, filling up your calendar with things. And then you realize that you're like, I really need to focus like just on my business for a while. Um, I just sent like two resignations this week to, to different things that I was involved in. And it actually felt really good <laughs> to clear yeah. those to know that my calendar is going to clear up a little bit. So then I have more space to really focus and dream on my business because we do we we start saying yes to a lot of things, um, yeah. and it just takes up some time that you could be doing other things. And I'm sure Chris will mention in his episode. Chris is one of the most guy one of the first guys I met because I was I needed someone to wash windows and I'm like. No offense, my big my big self ain't getting up on a 20-foot ladder and washing these windows. It's not happening. So I just put a message out in like our group and no one really knew on the Jefferson Avenue page. Like no one really had anyone to wash his windows. And I was like, okay, and then go on Facebook. Chris, first one to reply, comes down there the next day, cleans my windows. Next thing you know, here we are talking about everything from you know his you know journey with God to the entrepreneurial life he is starting with the uh, housing market and everything like that. And I've called Chris probably more times than I want to mention, but four or five times and say, Hey, can we go look at this house? Yeah. Want to go tomorrow at five o'clock? Do you want to go at seven in the morning? He'll yeah. do whatever. That's why he, he'll learn his story and what he's done. But um, yeah, he, that's the, if he wants to talk about someone that says yes a lot, that is the perfect example of someone that says yes a lot. <laughs> and he does it all. He's he's at every function, he's at every breakfast, he's at every everything. And yeah. it's makes that's what he's a it'll, it'll be a great story. I'll just say that. It'll be a great story to listen to. <laughs> yeah. It was a good um it's a good story. We we recorded a little bit ago and of course, we had a lot of, you know, we probably talked for a good half hour, 45 minutes, like not recording, just catching up. And, you know, he speaks really yeah. highly of, you know, everything that you guys are doing down there in Moundsville. And I told him I, I don't get down there as much as I probably should. So um, plan on seeing me in the cigar shop at some point. Okay, that works. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That works. So Tyler, on this journey, what would be the biggest piece of advice that you have um, for someone, especially if they've been working the retail world for a long time? To jump into entrepreneurial life isn't just 
a flip of the switch. It's something you have to be somewhat skilled at because you are the marketer, you're the salesman, you're the inventory specialist, you're you know the shipper, you're you're everything. So if you don't, if you want to just pawn tasks off on other people, well, there's no one there to do them but you, in most cases. So um, you have to be a worker. It is what it is. Um, entrepreneur life works for one to two individuals because that's who runs the business, one or two individuals. So um, you can't be afraid of hard work. Um, I know cigars is a different. Everyone's like, oh, it's a rough life, Tyler, drinking and you know smoking cigars. I'm like, well, someone's got to do it. And <laughs> it's got to be me. So, you know, the mind's a bad example, but what I'm saying is I know a lot of craft people, a lot of I mean, their product, they make it themselves from start to finish. Um, yeah. We're not, to that, you know, we're not to that stage in our, in our journey yet. Um, but it still takes a lot of effort to get the product here because it is one of them things where it is sells out constantly. So if you want a specific, specific cigar, specific company, you know, wrapper, binder, wrapper, filler, whatever size it just you got to be on it sometimes you can ask my girlfriend i mean christmas eve this year i was up at 2 30 in the morning shopping cigars online because no one else is up and i get all that's when you get the good stuff so sometimes you know she'll get up at four in the morning and i'll be over there on my phone like scrolling through stuff she'll do it he's just shopping i'm like yep (laughs) um so there's there's a dedication piece to that as well i want my customers to know that um i take it serious i only try to buy what is you know, what we can turn and burn real quick and is great profit for us and great margin for the customer. But that if that's their cigar they want all the time, that it's going to be there all the time. So when they come in, it's going to be there. Um, Because again, you can go to in a lot of, not a lot of places in Moundsville, but a lot of places that have cigars that if you just wanted it, you could get it. But if you want something a little bit more Quality control is like I say. Um, I test the cigars once a week. Uh, I have the humidifier running at certain temperatures. They're like babies to me. They they are taken care of very well. There are you know imported cedar. I mean it's it's all kinds of stuff like that that the customers know the difference and they understand. So um, that's why they you know some cigars. I'm like hey guys, that's the price. I mean that's the best I can do, and they understand. Um, yeah. You know we got three taxes we got to pay before it gets here and certain things like that. Um, but at the end of the day, I just want my customers to be happy. And at the end of the day, they know they can come there. Cause I have a lot of, I mean, I have house of Del- delegate guys that come up and smoke in my lounge. I have city attorneys. I have a lot of upper echelon people. That's like, I just want to come there and relax. And after a stressful day in court or a stressful day at um, child services, or, you know, I've seen, you know, heard bad stuff all day. I just want to relax and, talk to like-minded people that are going through the same thing that I'm going through. So yeah, that's about it. That's awesome. <laughs> I like yeah, to so you guys have, that. you guys have not only like the retail size, but you have a lounge there that looks super cozy. Um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. So great job yeah. putting that together for sure. Yeah, it's, it's like the, uh, it's the only thing from here pretty much to Weirton and then Weirton to Moundsville. There's a place in Steubenville. Um, um, every business has different models and our business model is if you want to smoke with us, we'll, we'll let you, as long as you buy a cigar, you can come in and talk to us. That's our motto. Other yeah. places, charge, other places charge you to sit down. Other places charge you monthly fees to sit down and smoke or whatever. We just want to talk to people. We just want to talk shop. We just want, what do you like? What do you dislike? 
we'd rather just talk to people than sit there by ourselves all day. So that's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah. So obviously what you have in your shop isn't like the cigar that I would buy at the grocery store at checkout. No, those are molded. <laughs> in I, she gets so mad. Like the couple times, you know, cause obviously your mom still works there and I'll like push the car back and I like look over to the right. I'm like, and she's like, we knock it off. And I'm like, <laughs> I just like put up the soldier thing. I'm like, poor fucking thing. You know, <laughs> dry as hell in there, dead. And she's like, Come on, you're embarrassing me. You know, <laughs> like she gets she gets so bad. I'm but, sure. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure. She, that yeah. is so funny. Yeah. So is there anything <laughs> that you miss from your retail days? People. Same people. You you work with those people. I worked 50 hours a week and get paid for 40, which is bull crap. But that's another topic <laughs> for another day. But um the people. I don't I don't miss like I said, I work with them more than I did my own family. Um and honestly, I mean I still get phone calls to this day, like Tyler, this is happening or that's happening. And I tell people you get three minutes to bitch and complain, and then I don't want to hear about it. So yeah. <laughs> you want to vent to me? That's fine. I love to hear people vent. I love to give people the opinions and feedbacks. Like I want to be there as the sounding board, but the sounding board's three minutes, so you better get it out. And then let's, <laughs> like, what are you getting into this weekend? Like, what's, our, you know, how's mom? How's dad? Stuff like that. So um, the people are number one thing for sure. Um, and then the biggest part of my job with fast press shops is there was a lot of problem solving, right? I was business maintenance. I was operations. Um, I had some departments as well. So trying to figure out, especially in the business maintenance world, um, how to fix problems, get them, you know, problems and solutions, how to get to point A and how to get point B. Um, as even with the shooting gallery, I had that upstairs, you know, making sure the coin machine working and all that kind of. Uh, problem solving things and ordering and all that. So I like the little, it was a little chaotic at sometimes, but it was that problem solving aspect of my job where it's like, okay, this is broke. This is the closest person might be Pittsburgh or it might be Philadelphia. How can we get this one safe? How can this be done safely? And two, <laughs> what can we do to get this done right? Because people are like, let's do this. And I'm like, well, hold on. That's not very safe. You can't just put that there. You know what I mean? Like, hold on so that was yeah that's that's the number one thing with me was like it's got to be safe number one and number two let's figure out because it doesn't matter what's happening and it you know when i left on july 1st i was like guess what guys tomorrow the door will open customers will come in and buy stuff and it'll be just fine i don't know how we're gonna do it you've lost better people than me you'll figure it out and it'll keep on turning. Here we are. It's still, I drove by this morning. It's still open. Yep. <laughs> you know, it always mean? keeps going. So, yeah. it, it always, always keeps going. going. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, people in the pro people in the problem solving, I guess, are my two biggest things. So. Oh, it is like never. It's like never ending yeah, problem solving. <laughs> oh, never ending problem solving. <laughs> I don't. I don't miss the payroll crunch. I don't miss the scheduling crunches. I hated yeah. scheduling. I was always late. I hated it. It was like this one time. I was like, I'll just get clean 24 toilets before I, before I do the schedule. Like I just, I hated it. Cause you just, there's no way to be fair. Right. Mm -hmm. There's no way to be like, you always have a favoritism towards two to three people. Cause you like, they're going to show up. They're going to do their jobs and they're going to go home. They're not going to create drama. They're not going to do this. They're not going to do that. And 
so it was always one of the things where it's like, I'm going to put the schedule out and yep, here they come. So-and-so's got 13 more hours than what I do, or this person's got more than this person. And it's like, okay, here we go. You know what I mean? Like there's oh. always that, always that going on. It's like, we're running a business, you know what I mean? And I don't know. And then you have to give the HR political answer. You can't give the truth. <laughs> you just don't freaking come to work. You know what I mean? Like you have to give the, uh, well, I'm sorry, Jimmy, <laughs> but your attendance has been very poor. You know what I mean? Like you just got to give them this scripted answer when it's like, how do I jack slap you and tell you that you just don't come to work? You know? <laughs> like, Do you yeah. know how many times I would tell people when I was in HR, you can't say that. You can't know, say that like that was I, I was constantly like you can't say that. Yeah, um <laughs> oh man. I'll tell you what, like, so I was in a store grocery shopping the other day, and <laughs> there was an announcement, and they were calling all their department heads together <laughs> to talk about their new scheduling system. And I looked at the head grocery <laughs> who I know, <laughs> and I was like, Good luck with that. And he like yeah, shook his head. Um Oh man, yeah, there's definitely there's a lot that I miss and a lot that I don't miss at all. So but really like like you said, like having the flexibility now to, you know, you have a good two hours or even time at home to do some business stuff. It's not like you get in to a store and you're there for, you know, nine, ten hours and it's like the days sometimes go really fast, sometimes they drag on, but it's you know five, seven days a week, like it's all the time. And it's just, it's different when you dictate your schedule. I think that, and then my, my other thing that used to people, I, you know, I always carried a backpack to work every day and I'm walking in and it's like, you scan the badge and it's like, here we go. And you open up the door and like, oh, we've been waiting since, you know, because you come in at noon. We've been waiting for you. I'm like, there's four other managers here. Well, they don't know anything. Could I want to tell you about that. I'm like, so after like year two, I'm like, see when the backpack's on my shoulder? <laughs> yeah. Don't bother me. Yeah. I'm, can I go up there and I get my radio, my headset on, the, the, the phone, all that stuff? My costume, I used to call it. When I get my costume on and I come back down here, you can talk to me. But that's like my biggest pet peeve is like, just let me get in the door. Can I get to the <laughs> yeah. door? Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't I miss that. So many people <laughs> be like, can I just take, can I just take my jacket upstairs to the office first? Or like, can I at least get my purse put in the desk yeah. before we start all of this? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't miss that part of it at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Tyler, let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Um, if you want to let them know where they can find you in person at your brick and mortar cigar <laughs> shop, that would be great too. Okay. So obviously I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the good stuff like everybody is. Um, you can find it under Tyler Harto, um, LinkedIn. I'm growing my profile there to try to expand that whole thing for uh we're trying to do a mastermind class at the cigar shop with sports writers. There's some auctioneer guys there. We're, so we're trying to do a mastermind thing. So that's awesome. if you're interested in masterminding, oh, uh, reach out like to me it. in any of the, any of those profiles there, but the cigar shop is located at 259 Jefferson Avenue speakeasy style right now, which means you walk through Heller's flower shop and come in on the left and you can buy your cigars. So, um, and you can That's find us. Mounds, so there's three Cigar Life pages. Are Moundsville, West Virginia. Moundsville, yep. 
Yep. Moundsville, awesome. West Virginia. Yep. And um, yeah, we have Instagram, Twitter, and that's it because I cannot do TikTok and all that good stuff. And I eventually will do TikTok when we do like rolling cigars and all that yeah. stuff because there's not a lot of content out there, but that's not for a while. So yeah, okay. that's about it. Okay. Well, Tyler, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you no scheduling dude day today, you and Chris. And yeah, this absolutely. off the ground for absolutely. for us. Um and really just sharing and, your story. And um what was I gonna say? What was the last thing? Oh, there's Eric across the street from me too, who is uh work construction, everything like that, and then open his card shop. So if you need another dude, I got awesome. You. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. That would be great. Yeah, Set me up. So, all right. <laughs> okay, everyone. So, um, I will drop all of Tyler's information in the show notes. And if you're local, if you live here in the Ohio Valley, make sure that you make a trip to Moundsville, West Virginia, and check out Cigar Life. It is, um, it's a tree. I haven't personally been there, but I've been hearing all the hype. So, especially if you've got a cigar lover in your life, you know, we're coming up. Holiday season will be here before you know it. So there's always time to add um, a cigar for a special occasion. Awesome. Yep. Thanks, Tyler. And we have gender. Oh, go ahead. gender I'll say, and, and we have gender reveal products too. So I work for my brother at the fireworks supermarket. So if you come up here and buy gender reveal stuff, you can come down and get percentages off cigars or vice versa. You come down there, buy cigars, you can get percentages off on your gender reveal products. So that's a little collab we got going on too. That's interesting. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. Cool. Thank you so much. So are you ready to start your own corporate detox journey? Well, if you are, make sure that you check out amandamccorder.net for different ways to work with me, as well as some freebies that could help you get started. If you're on social media, follow me at Amanda K. McCorder on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.